For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really, really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Leslie Samuel, and we're going to explore Google AMP. And you may not understand what it is, but you're going to want to understand what it is. It is one of the biggest developments for bloggers that I have seen probably in five or 10 years. This is something that you need to listen to if you have any kind of a website where you are publishing any kind of content. But first, two things. First of all, you can email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. Eric, what'd you find? This week, I have found Fluid Browser. Now, I know none of us need yet another browser. And in fact, this is way more than just another browser. It does really cool things that normal browsers don't do. So is it for desktop or mobile? It is for desktop. And in fact, it's for Mac only at this time. So what does and, it do? <laughs> so here's the thing. It, beca- it, it has a transparency slider on it. So you can bring up any URL that you would like to do, and then you can set the the size of the browser to be full screen or even smaller, and then make it slightly less uh, – you can make it opaque or you know more transparent so you can see through it but still see what's there. But why, now, why the, real, the heck would you want to do that? Well, here's the real catch, and here's, here's the thing that I was hooked on when I first heard about this was you can load PDFs or images, or movie files into this browser. So then what I can do is I can open up a, a how-to tutorial or video file, like, for example, all the stuff that we usually have in terms of our virtual ticket, and you can have that playing there slightly transparent so you can see through it, but then you can do work that pertains to that and follow along and do the experiential learning on the full rest of your desktop screen, whatever size. Mm, uh, interesting. So hypothetically, if you're on a laptop and it doesn't have a huge 27-inch screen like my computer does, um, and you don't have a lot of real estate, the idea of being able to make something transparent so that you can still see it but be mm-hmm. working underneath it, in the, in a particular case on a tutorial, right? If it's a step-by-step tutorial, yeah, like the stuff we do for the Social Media Marketing Society, um, you could have that video playing and then underneath it, 
you know, if it's at 50% transparency, you could actually be doing the steps that we're showing in the video. That sounds really cool. Exactly. And, and honestly, as a web browser, again, I don't need yet another one, but with this transparency functionality to be able to open up like a YouTube video or, or again, other training stuff, that's killer, especially, especially for marketers learning how to do their craft. Is better. this the essential differentiator of this browser? Is this like it's what it, essentially the unique special gift of this browser is the transparency function? Yeah. Yeah. They, they It's called Fluid Browser and their tagline is transparent floating browser built for multitasking. Interesting. I wonder if it's built on top of uh, like the Mozilla system or Firefox, you know, which is built on Mozilla. You probably don't know the answer to that, I'm guessing. No, not with certainty. <laughs> so how do we find this thing? Well, it is for Mac only right now. And so the best way to do that and find it is just type in Fluid Browser on the Mac App Store. I got it. So search for it in the App Store. Fluid Browser. Is it one word or two words? Two words. Two words. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much for that unique discovery. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Leslie Samuel on Google AMP. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined by my good friend, Leslie Samuel. He runs becomeablogger.com, a website where he teaches people how to blog with a purpose. He's also host of the awesome podcast called Learning with Leslie. And he's also head of training for Social Media Examiner's Social Media Marketing Society. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on here, man. I'm glad to be here. It's great to have you back. Uh, today, Leslie and I are going to explore something called Google AMP, Google Accelerated Mobile Pages. We're going to talk about what that is and what it means if you're a blogger or you have a website of any kind. So why don't we just dig in, Leslie, and, and kind of get this party started. What is Google AMP? Let's start there. <laughs> Yeah, so Accelerated Mobile Project, it's a project that's done in collaboration with a number of tech companies. And, and, and the goal of this project is to improve the mobile performance of uh, websites on, on your mobile devices. So, you know, you go to a website, you're, you're in an app, let's say you're on Facebook, or specifically you go and you do a Google search for a specific topic. And then you get a number of results and you click over to a page and it takes long to load. The accelerated mobile project, the goal is basically to speed up the performance of mobile sites on the web. So what they're saying is that it loads about four times faster, it uses 10 times less data, and, and it just makes it so that you go, you find a page, it is on this accelerated mobile project system. When you click, it loads almost instantly. So basically, it's a way of speeding up the mobile web. So I said accelerated mobile pages, which sounds better to me, but that's not really what it is. If it's a project it kind of implies that there's more than just Google behind it. Do you know if this is if this is like kind of a collaboration between multiple companies or is this just an initiative started from Google? It is, an, it, it is a coll collaboration between multiple um, companies. And I said accelerated mobile project. I meant to say accelerated mobile pages. So you are correct in how you said it. Oh, I am. Okay, uh, good. Accelerated mobile pages project, basically. 
Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. So, um, so here is l- l- I've got a couple questions. Um, yeah. So, it from your understanding of of um, well, actually, first let's talk about why, and then we're going to get into some of this other stuff here. So, why why does Google feel like this AMP project is important? You know, what problem is it solving from their perspective? Well, it's solving a few different problems. Number one. It speeds up the mobile experience. If, if you think about it, when you go to load a page and it takes a while to load, that's not a good user experience. Kissmetrics did a study where they, 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 they noticed that 40% of users leave a page after three seconds. So if it doesn't load within three seconds, people are gone. And 40%, that's a significant chunk of people. And if you think about it, if they don't load the page, the user experience isn't great. They don't get the content that they want. You as the publisher, you're, you're not getting what you want because they're not staying. If you have ads on the page, they're not seeing those ads. If you have project products to sell, services that you offer, events that you do, people are not going to get to it. Or a significant amount of the people are going to be leaving if it takes that long. In addition to that, when you come to a website, especially on a mobile device, and you see all kinds of pop-ups, you see all kinds of ads taking up the entire page, you have such a small real estate on these mobile devices that those types of things really messes, mess up your experience. And that's really what they're trying to solve. How can we make the experience for users on mobile devices better? And, you know, this is where it gets interesting and intriguing when we start processing what this really, really means. Because Mm -hmm. some people listening right now might be like Social Media Examiner and have extremely high-speed servers co-located all over the world, delivering the fastest possible traffic possible. But it's still, in the end, um, a, a, a sea change here because what Google is essentially saying and we haven't really gotten into this part yet, but what Google is essentially saying is, guess what, publisher? Guess what, blogger? We're going to show Google Amped pages above non-Google Amped pages to mobile users. So this one statement that I'm saying right now ought to wake everybody up. If you care about having your content seen in mobile search, you must pay attention to what we're going to talk about today because Google will ultimately be altering its mobile algorithm to give preference to people that are going to follow the Google AMP thing. And to extend that a little bit, though, it's not that they will. They've already started doing it. If you do a Google search, if if you pull out your phone right now and you search for any popular topic, let's say politics, you search for Donald Trump or anything along those lines, you will see right at the top, in the top stories section, so they're getting very much preferential treatment, you're going to see only sites that have Google ex- the accelerated mobile pages enabled. So that is, that is a, a strong indication. They've already said that they are starting to do it, and we are already seeing it. And in the future, it's going to be much more widespread than it is right now. Well, and we may as well go ahead and tip our hat a little bit here that it's not just Google that's doing this. Go ahead, Leslie. And- no, it's not because you have Facebook on the other end with their Facebook instant articles. It's a similar concept. It's a different technology, but they're trying to speed up the user experience on mobile devices from within the Facebook app. 
So when you're in the Facebook app and you see a page that is using Facebook instant articles, you click on that and it loads instantly. And they're also going to be giving preferential treatment to, to websites that are using Facebook instant articles. So what you're basically seeing is everyone is realizing that the mobile web experience is not where we want it to be. And everyone wants a hand in controlling what that experience will be. So it's going to be a very interesting space to watch and, and marketers, bloggers, publishers need to be paying attention right now. There are a lot of pros, but there are also a lot of cons to this. And we need to kind of explore this because there are consequences. There are things that must be given up in order to use Google AMP. And I want to let's let's spend a little bit of time going through this because this isn't just Oh, we'll just go ahead and add a plug into our site and we'll be we'll be rosy. It's a lot more complicated than that. So um, there's a lot of things that are no longer going to be functional on mobile devices. So, you know, let's get into it. I mean, obviously the pros we've already talked about, right? The pros are it should load faster um, and it's going to get preferential treatment in the search engine potentially. Are there any other pros that we're missing? Yeah, I mean, you, if it, it loads faster, then you have fewer people abandoning your site. So hopefully, if all works well, you have more people actually consuming your content. And that's always a good thing. Those are some significant pros, especially when you start to see that publishers using AMP are getting preferential treatment. Now, in order to go to the cons, I want to talk about one thing in terms of how it's set up. Let's say you have a blog and, and let's say it's socialmediaexaminer.com and there's a particular article at socialmediaexaminer.com slash how to use AMP or something of that sort. If you have AMP enabled on that site, what's going to happen is it's going to create a, a second version of that page at how to use Google AMP slash AMP. All right, so you now have two versions of the site. One version that is visible on, you know, when someone comes from the desktop, and then one version that if you have AMP enabled, Google is going to start showing that over the regular version. Now, in terms of some of the cons, what does that mean? The, the reason why Google AM, the AMP um, project is able to speed up your site is because it's stripping away a whole lot of stuff. It's stripping away a lot of the extra style sheets, a lot of the extra like JavaScripts and all these different things that go together to make your website look and function the way that you want it to look and function. And let me now, just if, pause there for a second. A lot yeah. of your branding could disappear as well because exactly, you know, that's an important part. Uh, at Social Media Examiner, we have we have custom big headers with ads in them that are were specially designed in a responsive kind of design. And we should state that the responsive nature of your website essentially is gone, right? They're just taking one section of it and they're eliminating the rest of it, aren't they? Yes, it's, it's going to be very restricted. They have specific dimensions that they are using because the concept there is they don't have to check to see what the dimensions of the site are. All of the dimensions are going to be exactly the same. There is no sidebar. So all that fancy stuff that Social Media Examiner has in the sidebar, that's gone. All the header stuff that you guys have designed, that's gone. And it's just purely focused on the content. What about the so fonts? It, are even, can you even use custom fonts or is it just like a standard Times or Helvetica kind of a font? 
you have control over the fonts. You can you can do a lot where the design is concerned within their restrictions. So you can change the fonts, the colors, you can add a logo, you can do a number of different things when it comes to customization, but it's not going to be as extensive as for example what you have at socialmediaexaminer.com. Right. So it's basically going to be one column where where you have your content, you have your images and all of that extra stuff is essentially going to be gone. So if you, if, let's say you guys have a conference coming up and you advertise that right up in the masthead, you're advertising it in the sidebar, well, people are no longer going to be seeing that stuff. Exactly. And this is where it gets interesting because a, a lot of mobile sites, you know, have very creative branding as we do. Yep. Like we've got, we've, got, we've got all sorts of stuff and it looks beautiful on a mobile device, but all that will be gone because we're essentially talking about a white background with text on it, right? I mean, that's... Well, at, at the at the most basic level, however, you know I've done some Google searches um, for things that I know will show up in in um, AMP, like in the top story section, and I've seen some sites that you know they're not as advanced as the as the the desktop experience, but they actually look pretty well, pretty pretty nice. I'm here looking at the Washington Post, for example, the the. The top is very simple, but it has the, the black strip at the top. You have the Washington Post logo. And then when you scroll down, you see other posts. You see some social media links and so on. So there is some customization that you can do, especially if you have someone that really understands how the coding and all that stuff works. I think the biggest problem, though, is that the, is the JavaScripts and the scripts that are going to be stripped out, right? So, oh, yeah. so many of us that are bloggers are using pop-ups and yep. exit intent technology, which is less of an issue on a mobile device, but definitely the pop-ups. The pop-ups will be eliminated. We should talk about that, right? Well, not just the pop-ups, actually, because, you know, I actually did a test where I went into my GetResponse account, who, where that's what I use for my email marketing service. And when you create a form in their new form system and you add that form to your site, it's, it doesn't appear on AMP because it's using JavaScript. That's all gone. So the pop-ups are gone. The opt-in forms, depending on how you structure it, are gone. I haven't seen an opt-in form on a on a AMP site as yet. And we should talk. So, this is a really big problem for a lot of bloggers, right? Because it really is. Let's be honest. Um, the reason many of us blog is to capture an email address, and if you have a significant portion, uh, like we at Social Media Examiner get four thousand email addresses a month just for mobile. Yep. To go to Google AMP means we're, we have to give up on that, at least from the search side of things, right? So if we look at how many of those come from search, it's significant. We have to say, for us, what's more important? Is it more important to give up those thousands of email addresses to show up in Google? I, I'm personally here to say it's not. We've decided we're not going with Google AMP. And the reason being is because what good is it to show up in Google search if you cannot do what your business objective is to accomplish. Now, I might change my tune down the road, Leslie, because if maybe to display an ad, you know, but but we don't even know if the ads will display inside the content. I actually think you're going to display your, I mean, you're going to change your, your tune for a different reason. Really? This is still in the initial phases. They're still getting things going. I mean, if you look at even with Facebook instant articles, when they first started doing, doing it, email opt-ins were, was not an option. 
the goal for AMP is not to take away your email subscribers. It's to increase the experience and they want you to get the benefits of what you're trying to accomplish with your business. So I, I'm, I strongly believe that we're going to see more of these features being added. They, they've recently added, for example, something basic that you would think would be there from the beginning, but Google Analytics integration. They're adding these things in phases and they're testing and they're trying to see how they can best um, serve the publishers, the visitors, the search engines, and everyone involved in the process. They're adding advertising networks over time. So they're basically rolling this out in stages. So what we're seeing is just the, the beginnings. It's just been around for about six months. Well, I can totally see Google adding AdSense and maybe AdWords and hopefully double click for publishers into it. Um, but, you know, let's be intellectually honest here. This is Google. Google controls search and mm-hmm. they can do whatever they want. And publishers are either going to comply or they're going to be left behind. And um, I think this is an important thing for anyone who's a blogger to think through. Just getting traffic to your website today for the sake of getting traffic to your website may not be serving your business objective. Um, many bloggers bring traffic to their website with the hope that people will click around in the navigation. And my understanding is there is no navigation, right? There is no navigation. It's gone. There is no it? navigation. There yeah. is no, no, no navigation menu. No, there's no navigation menu, people. That's a big deal. They read however, the article. however, yeah. I am looking at the Atlantic right now and I scroll down and I don't see any navigation, but at the bottom I see um, other content that they can go to and links that they can click to get to other pages on their site. Right. So what I can potentially see is you having an image that is linking to an opt-in page and you can click on that image and go over to that opt-in page um, that is optimized for collecting email addresses. You have to start thinking about how it looks on mobile devices and how you can take advantage if you're using AMP, how you can take advantage of the features to still ac- accomplish your business objectives. Yeah, and I will say, I believe that there is a place for Google AMP and I believe it's going to be a requirement in the future. Yep. I think today it's optional and I think tomorrow it'll be, you want to show up in Google search, you make it AMP. Um, and that's going to be a real challenge for us and we have to be careful and watch this very carefully because... As I've told Leslie previously, I think this is the biggest thing that has happened to blogging ever Um, because search is the lifeblood for so many of us bloggers and with everything moving to mobile and with Google saying, well, you got to make it look this way. And for the most part, most Google AMP articles look kind of the same. I mean, they really do. I mean, I understand that you're saying some are starting to look different, but it's, it's kind of a very you know straightforward look and feel it's a very consistent look and feel i think is maybe the best way to say it wouldn't you agree leslie that's definitely the case so um so there is something that is given up what's given up is design what's given up is function what's given up is uh, a lot of the business reasons you may be blogging in the first place and I, and while um Leslie is exceptionally optimistic about this. I think it's. I think we ought to be realistic about this, um, and this is a major shift. And we have to rethink how we're doing things if mobile search is a big part of it. And today, you know that that's the deal. So I, I want to get your response to what I just said uh, before we get into actually how to set it up because I do think it's worth experimenting with. And I also think it's important to to pause for a second here and go into your Google Analytics. Look at how many people are coming in through mobile. If you have a goal set up on your website, on your Google Analytics, like a goal is to complete 
on our site, um, the email subscription form. Look at how many of those people are actually coming from search. And then you can ask your, from mobile search. Um, then you can begin to ask yourself, all right, you know, um, is this something that maybe, you know, if I'm willing to give this up today, you know, what's, what's the benefit? I mean, I, these are just things that you have to struggle with. And let's be honest, this is a very, very new development. I mean, this is, you know, most people don't even understand what this is. Do you have any response to that at all, Leslie? Yeah, I think it's something that we should definitely be concerned about. We should be paying attention to what's going on. We need to be looking at our stats. We need to see how people are engaging with our content on mobile devices. And we need to understand that these changes are imminent. They're already taking place. So you need to start thinking about how you can position yourself or if you want to position yourself using Google AMP. And, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a smart thing to at least consider and we need to be paying attention to what's going on. And that's why we're doing this podcast episode, because a lot of people don't even know about this whole AMP stuff. So I think it's important for you to think through your business objectives. It's important to you look, for you to look at the numbers, the data, Google Analytics, and figure out what you're going to do as this shift happens, because it is going to happen. We're going to transition over talking about what you need to know with your blog in just a few seconds here. But before we do... Just a few weeks ago, prior to this recording, Twitter announced that they are supporting Google AMP for their mentions or moments. I can't remember what it Do you remember what it is? Is it, is it moments? It is moments. Yeah, moments. So we're already beginning to see social networks adopting this strategy. So put your thinking caps on, folks. If the social networks start to only show AMP content and Google starts to show AMP content, that's like, whoa, you know, that's a shift. And this is one of those kind of sea shifts that's happening right now. And so- Go ahead, Leslie. And just to point out, you said Twitter, but also Pinterest has already indicated that they are going to be working with AMP. LinkedIn has already indicated that they are going to be working with AMP as well. What exactly that means, we don't fully know because they haven't given out the details. This Twitter news that you're talking about is the first that we know of this kind of information in terms of how the social networks are going to support it. Okay, we've been spending a lot of time unpacking what it means. Let's get into what we need to do to set it up. Let's start. Let, we're going to assume for the sake of dialogue that you are a blogger and or you have a website that is driven by WordPress because WordPress drives the vast majority of all blogs out there. So what do we need to know, Leslie, if we have a WordPress-driven blog? The first thing you need to know is that they are making it really easy in order for you to integrate with AMP. They've actually created a plugin. It's called AMP. So if you just go into the plugin directory and search for AMP, you will find that plugin. Once you install that plugin, it will automatically enable AMP on your blog. And as I mentioned before, if it's becomeablogger.com slash how to use AMP, it's going to be becomeablogger.com slash how to use AMP slash AMP. So just add AMP at the end of the URL and you will see once you have this plugin installed that you will have AMP enabled. And if you go on that on a mobile device, you'll be able to see it even better. Okay. So what I hear you saying is it will just automatically take your articles and your content and make AMP versions of it, right? Exactly. And it's going to be very plain, bare bones, no, fun no added functionality or anything of that sort. If you just installed that plugin. Now, I think this is part of what's going through my brain. If you have a site that has a navigation bar that includes a bunch of things 
that are important that people easily see, you're going to have to be thinking through that if you're going to keep Google AMP on all the time. And you may need to, at the bottom of certain pages and posts, manually put in some links, wouldn't you, Leslie? Because otherwise, nobody would ever find it. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. You know, you advertise your, your products, your services, your store. Nobody's seeing that anymore. That's a big deal. And it's not a good deal, but it's a big deal. Okay, so once you turn on this plugin, what do we need to know? What kind of configuration options do we have? All right, once you've turned on that plugin, it will automatically generate those AMP pages. But you want to customize it a little bit. There's a plugin that is made by PageFrog. If you just go to pagefrog.com, you will be able to find out more about that plugin. It's available in the WordPress directory if you just search for PageFrog. It's actually a plugin that allows you to optimize and design your site, some design elements, so some colors and um, how you want the layout to be. If you want a logo or anything of that sort, you can do those customizations within the plugin. That's where you also can change the font and the color of the text and, the, and those types of things. So the little bit of flexibility that most people have will be available within the page frog settings once you install that plugin. So it sounds like the Google AMP is just the most basic, I mean, the AMP plugin for WordPress is the most basic option that's out there with very little configuration settings and it just creates something that works. Is that accurate? Exactly. You're basically going to see a white page with your text and your images. That's it. So the page frog app, and are both of these free, by the way? These are both free, yes. So the page frog, not app, but plugin, essentially allows you some custom configuration and sends the right code off to Google AMP so that you can change the fonts and and put your logo or something like that up there. Is that what I hear you saying? Exactly. It does that. It also will give you the ability to connect it to Google Analytics. It will give you the ability to run ads and a number of different things within your content. So it gives you a, a decent amount of functionality within the restrictions of AMP. And I think it's pretty important to understand that the AMP plugin does not work with Google Analytics currently as of this recording. So if you all of a sudden notice your mobile traffic dropping, it's probably because the Google Analytics is not configured into that particular plugin. That's exactly. why you need the page frog, right? That is correct. If, that, if, if, if you do nothing, you do it for Google, Google Analytics, right? Exactly. Is there anything else? I mean, you said, you, it's, you said it works with ads. So what, it, does it just allow you to paste some JavaScript in there from like uh, AdSense or, or is it its own little ad manager? Exactly. Exactly. Now, I don't have ads on my site, so I haven't explored this functionality fully, but I do know that they have the option to enable that and you can adjust the settings in there. There's one other thing that I would mention if you are using Google Analytics, which you most likely are, you, the way that Google recommends for you to set it up is for you to create a separate property and, within Google Analytics and use that to track your AMP um, traffic and statistics I and all that. Why, I wonder why they do that. Because of the way that it's, it, the, the, the analytics integration with Google AMP is very limited and it works in a way that's different from just the regular web pages. They didn't give too many details in terms of how it's different and it just tracks a few little things. Like for example, people aren't 
clicking in the same way. They are pressing and swiping and all that stuff. Huh. So they're gonna be they're gonna be adding all kinds of functionality to the AMP tracking that's not available. And there's a lot in, in regular Google Analytics. And there's a lot of things that's available in Google the regular Google Analytics that will not be available for AMP Analytics. So we'll have to actually go into Google Analytics, act like we're creating a brand new website. Exactly. And then take that code and put that into PageFrog, basically. Exactly. Now, by the time this goes live, things will probably be a little different because I know that they are working on a number of different things with the plugins and with the integration and the features. So it'll be interesting to watch this space. One of the things that is going to trip a lot of people out is that the social share buttons that we take for granted like on Social Media Examiner, we use Sumo Me. Mm-hmm. And on the bottom of the page, you see all these social share buttons that float up over the top of the, the bottom of the page as you scroll down the page. And and they also for, serve as social proof because they show the numbers and stuff. My understanding is that's gone with Google AMP. Is that correct? So you're going to have to do it a little different because I've seen a number of sites that are on AMP that do have social share buttons. It doesn't show the numbers. Um, and I've seen different share buttons on different sites. So they have slightly different designs. That is a little bit of a, I, I, I don't know if that's custom coding. It's, it's, not, it's, available. Not, it's not available with these two plugins. You're going to lose that. So Exactly. That's important for a lot of people to think through because unless such a plugin does get developed and you have to be thinking about Google is going to want to try to show the pages that have the least amount of stuff in it. And if certain kinds of scripts are just considered, uh uh-uh, it ain't going to happen. You know, for example, Google Analytics is totally different, it sounds like, if you're using Google AMP. Well, it maybe sounds like everything is going to have to be totally different. And that can create a lot of challenges because if you create content with the hope that Mobile users will share that content on Pinterest and all these other sites. For example, many people have a little P button that appears when you hover over images. That's all gone. And that is a big deal for the social media marketer because... And what about comments, Leslie? I was just about to say, also, comments are gone. They, I've never seen a Google a, an AMP page that has comments enabled. They've just stripped out that function. Right completely. now, people are, are throwing their hands in there and they're saying, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, why no, do they even call it a blog? I, I can hear someone saying, why do they even call it a blog anymore then, right? Exactly. Now, one thing I will say in terms of the social sharing, just about every site that I see that shows up in the top stories, they do have social sharing features on those pages. And but, yeah, but been, these are major been, publishers, so obviously. Exactly. I, what I'm saying is they've been doing it for a while. These are major publishers, so we're going to see it there first. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see that these um, plugins are going to start adding these features, but that's going to be in the future, I think. It kind of sounds like <laughs> we're going back <laughs> to the Stone Age. We're going back to like we're going back to like blogging 0.1 beta, you know, because it's like it really just sounds like it's just text and images, and that's it for the most part, you know. Um, for for I'm talking for our average WordPress press blogger. For you know? the average WordPress blogger, it is text, it is images, it is video. They're working also on some interactive elements. I don't know what that means, but for the average WordPress blogger, yeah. that is everything that you will have available. No navigation, no sidebar, no JavaScript, no comments, no anything. Yeah. So the interactive nature that we're so used to uh, as social media marketers, for the most part, is gone if we decide to go down this road. And my concern is that if we 
and just hear me out, Leslie, if we yep. go down the road of experimenting with AMP and we send a signal to Google that we've turned on AMP and then we decide to turn it off, <laughs> I'm a little scared. What does that mean? You know? Nobody knows. I would be scared as well. You know, because like, you know, like, uh, I mean, the, the upside is you might show up on the first page of Google, exactly. right? That's where you were going to go, right? Exactly. You know, so the downside is what does that really mean if you can't do all these things that we've, we've, we've grown to love and know as bloggers? And this thing that scares the heck out of me, Leslie, is um, this, you know, this gravy train we've been riding called Google Search is radically changing now. It is. And... um it's it's a scary future for me because like I don't know you know if me as a publisher wants to be in the business of essentially creating plain plain black and white you know um, things to conform to the Google AMP or whether or not I just would much rather um, not turn on Google AMP and hopefully the social networks will still send traffic to me because the good news about Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn is when people do come to my site off of those networks, those share buttons are there, you know? Yeah, and but those but, forms are there. But, you know, if they're... But if you got to think, right? Yeah. It's easier for a... Uh, uh, now, you guys aren't like a massive publication, but you are a big publication. It's easier for a big publication with an, uh, with an already substantial audience to make those kinds of statements. However... The writing is on the wall. It's not just Google. It's Facebook. And when Facebook starts giving preferential treatment to their instant articles and then Twitter and LinkedIn and all these other platforms also giving preferential treatment to AMP pages, it's I mean, the writing on the wall that it, 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 it's inevitable. So we really need to be thinking about what we're going to do to adjust and adapt to this rapidly changing environment. Is this more like an RSS feed because it kind of sounds like it's like an RSS feed in search. It actually looks like, you know, if you open up uh, Social Media Examiner in Feedly, that's yeah. going to be very close to what you're seeing with Google AMP. But the deal is that this is not, this content still lives on our site. It's not like, Correct. unlike Facebook, um, where the content will live on Facebook, this is content that will still live on our site. And that's a key distinction. And, and it's still giving you significant control over that content that is a key distinction and you know facebook instant articles is a completely different topic that should also we should be paying attention to yes. um but yes it, it it does give you you still have that content on your server with more and more people consuming content on mobile devices and less and less on and what i mean by mobile devices i mean specifically smartphones and less and less people uh, on on desktops and laptops. I think what we're going to see here is we're going to have to, as bloggers, start to think about um, an entirely brand new and distinctly different strategy for um, for the way we deliver content. And the reality of it is, if what you're saying is true, Leslie, that it's Google, it's LinkedIn, it's Twitter, it's Pinterest. It's coming like a freight train, people. It is. It's coming like a freight train. That's why I said what I said earlier. I believe this is the biggest change that we've seen in in, in the history of blogging. And I've been blogging now for 11 years. So um, this is radical. And, um, you know, people have complained about getting less and less exposure in the Facebook newsfeed. This yep. is much bigger. We all know that Google is a bigger deal for most of us than Facebook is. 
And um, if Google decides to not show our content that used to come up number one or number two, because everybody has at least a couple keywords that they rank on, hopefully, if they decide they're just not going to show that anymore, that's no different than Facebook saying, we're just not going to show your stuff in the newsfeed anymore. And um, I think that you all need to pay very close attention to this. And maybe the best thing to do now is to install these plugins, start experimenting with it. Um, But it is not a simple task. It really is. You know, I mean, the fact that when you really step back and you realize the social shares are are gone, the comments are gone, the opt-in forms are gone, and who knows even if the embeds from SlideShare and all these other kind of things work, you know? Those work, yeah. They do work? Okay. They they still work. I think basically the gist is if you do go down this route, you you need to really start looking at your content and making sure that any kinds of promotions, any kinds of things that are running your business in terms of how you're making sales, that needs to be now within the content. It needs to be more content-driven than it has ever been. You can't rely on sidebars. You can't rely on navigation. It needs to be within the content that they are consuming. Do these plugins allow you to prevent certain pages from having AMP versions? Yes. You can specify which, with the page frog, you can specifically say, I want these pages to be AMP and these pages not to be AMP. And if you look at what some of the other bigger publications have done, specifically with Facebook Instant Articles, that's exactly what they've done. They want to retain full control over some important business aspects of their content. And then other things that they know they want to just spread a lot on Facebook, they're using Facebook Instant Articles. You have that same ability. And is it just posts or is it also pages? Posts, pages, everything. Well, this is good. This is an important little bright light here because you could install these plugins and you could just experiment with one or two pieces of content. Yep. And maybe you kind of see whether those content pieces starting start ranking as a result of AMP. And maybe that's a place to start. And then if that turns out to be true, then maybe there's some way that you can embed um, some special piece of content that maybe just shows up in AMP. And I wouldn't be surprised if these plugins get more sophisticated as more people use them. Exactly. And start providing things we never really realized were possible. Because if we can get to a day where we can say, all right, show this on the AMP and don't show this on the non-AMP, that is really intriguing, right? Well, we're already there. When, when you install PageFrog, by default, it doesn't activate any of the posts. And you have to literally, if you wanted to do all of your content, you have to literally go in and say, Please go back and make all of my content AMP pages. No, no, no. What I meant to say is if I have page X, maybe I want to embed something in the AMP version of that page X that's not in the regular version. Do you understand? Exactly. Yep, yep. Specifically, maybe knowing that I don't have a navigation bar or knowing that I do not have the ability to, to, to opt into a form, maybe you know, down the road, I could see PageFrog yeah. or somebody else saying, okay, do you want to, you want to, you want to add a very basic HTML navigation to the top of each page? I mean, I would imagine that's coming because it's going to be important for us bloggers, or maybe we'll just figure out a way to do it, you know? Exactly. But, um, well, Leslie, I know that we just scratched the surface <laughs> and if yes, everybody listening can tell, I'm very nervous about this. Um, I think we have reason to be nervous about this. I think it represents incredible opportunities um, for those that need their content to be seen in search on mobile. And I also think that um, as it develops, it will probably be more appealing to bigger sites like me that are really nervous because we get a lot of traffic <laughs> from, from Google, you know? Exactly. 
So, uh, Leslie, I appreciate you coming on the show. Why don't you tell people where they can discover more about you and what you've got going on? Most definitely. You can find me on my home on the web at becomeablogger.com. But specifically, if you are concerned about Google AMP and you want some guidance on how to get it set up on your WordPress site, um, go to becomeablogger.com slash SME. I'm putting together a special resource that's guiding you through everything you need to know about AMP to get it on your site and get your site running the way that it should be running. Excellent. Become a blogger dot com slash SME, SME, which stands for Social Media Examiner. Exactly. Leslie Samuel, um, thank you so much for coming on and exploring this with me and my listeners. I know that a lot of people are probably going to be rewinding this and going through it a second time. (laughs) Thanks again. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. Google AMP is a big, big deal. And we take all the show notes for you because I know there's a lot of things we mentioned you might have missed at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 195, which stands for episode 195. A couple quick things. If you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player. And if you've not already done so and you're a regular listener to the show, would you please consider giving us a review? Socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes will get you right to where you need to go. It works great on your uh, smartphone as well. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.